your host, Dr. Franco Hamilton, and I'm excited for our guest today, Tracy Duez, who is uh, a health coach and does a lot of different things with a lot of uh, a pretty significant, impressive background. She used to be basketball coach and does a lot with health and wellness and helps people kind of get unstuck. She does all types of assessments that we're going to be talking about. So we are going to dive right in. Thank you for coming on the show, Tracy. It is an honor and pleasure to talk with you, Franchelle. Thank you so much. We had talked a little bit before, um, just kind of offline, and I we have actually a lot in common, so I'm actually excited to talk to her today um, about everything that she has going on and how it can help the audience. So we're going to start with our title, Getting Unstuck. So tell us a little bit about what you do now to help people, because there's a lot of people who just want to move forward. There's a lot of things that they want to do, but they just can't seem to kind of move forward. And they're just kind of stuck. A lot of people are in that position now. And whether it's with their jobs or with their health, I mean, there's so many people who just feel like they're just kind of stagnant. And so what do you advise or recommend for people who come to you with that? Yeah, well, um, it's interesting because I've you know listened to some of your previous shows as well. You know, talking about like positive thinking and and moving forward. You're right, and yeah. uh, and I just believe everything comes from a thought. Everything on the planet first came from a thought, and uh, a lot of people call me their their thought coach because what's typically happened and what happened for me too is that everyone just kept telling me what to do, like do this and do this and, and, and take these actions to get to your results, actions to results. And, and what I realized was that I'm not just a one dimensional human doing, I'm a little bit more than that. Right. And so wait a minute, what does it take to, to take the, to take action? Because people used to say, Tracy, you need to change your attitude. Yeah. I used to get upset, you know, when I, I was a perfectionist and I used to get upset when I yeah. didn't do things perfectly or cry or something, Ch- change your attitude. I'd be like, great. How do you do that? Yeah. But no one, no one ever had the answer. Right. And yeah. so to, to get unstuck, you really need to work with all three dimensions of yourself, meaning your head, your heart and your hands. Yeah. So rather than just getting your hands to take some action, Right action in human beings, it comes from energy and energy comes from emotion. I, I think emotion stands for energy in motion. Yeah. And then yeah, I like where that. do our emotions come from? I mean, we can create emotion using our thoughts. And so head leads can lead to heart, can then lead to hands. And if you try to take action, leaving your head and your heart behind, well, it's ineffective and it's hard. It, keeps you stuck. Yeah. I, um, I like that you said that cause I'm a perfectionist also. And, and, and it's funny cause now I see my kids who are like in a sports situation, for example, if they don't do their best or my, my son is big in baseball and if he gets out or whatever, cause he's, and he's a good hitter and you almost like know you are and you miss the shot or you miss the hit he like, I noticed, and he's still young, but breaks down. And I'm like, come on, you know what I'm saying? So there's got to be definitely that connection. And you're right. Like when you say, everybody's like, when you want to get advice, well, do this, do that. And it's like, it's not that simple. And that's exactly the whole point of this podcast and this show. It's like, 
there has to be another step in between. Like there has to be, you know, go eat right. And you're like, okay, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like what, you know? So yeah. what are, what are some of the things that in order for you to like help your clients focus on their thoughts, like in order to move from say A to Z, to Z to C even like in that thought, because obviously you and I both know, like I a hundred percent agree. Everything starts with a thought, everything. You cannot do a behavior, do an action without it first forming a thought. So how do you get people to kind of move into that? Great great question because that was always my question as well yeah. like how how do how do you do it yes i know what what you want me to do but how do you do it and so for most of my life i i struggled with like public speaking because i didn't think i could be perfect at it so i just wouldn't do it right and so we hold ourselves back from from different things and uh and so how so i it was happenstance. I took an assessment for the company that I was working for as a director of an IT consulting company and um, not too bad for a chemist. I don't quite know how I got there, but uh, exactly. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, I, I was a chemist. That's my degree is in chemistry, but I think I was a lazy chemist. So I got into robotics and computers and stuff like that. And then anyways, ended up director of an IT consulting company on their executive leadership team. And we had to take this assessment and you alluded to assessments earlier in, in the introduction. And so I knew how to, how shall we put this? All right, let's just be right. Let's just be authentic. Yes, I knew how to manipulate. I knew how to manipulate assessments. So it would say what I wanted it to say to my yeah. boss or whoever was asking me to take it. Right. So, yeah. you know, personality types, stuff like that. I knew what to, to do and how to, how to rank the things that you're supposed to rank. So, I had to take this assessment that I had never taken before. And it asked me to rank two sets of 18 items according to their value. Like what was the most important? And then, you know, all the way down to what was the least important or, or least most devaluing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so I didn't know how to trick it. And so I swore to myself after taking that, that I was going to figure out what was behind this so that next time anyone ever asked me to take this, I <laughs> you laughing. Yeah. This is where I was self-esteem wise as well. So I was going to be able to trick it and make my boss think that I was genius because I would now know how to take this assessment. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, so that's really how I got into it because I don't know, how are you supposed to, and that's in my head, perfectionist, right? How are you supposed to rank a technical improvement, a good meal, a baby, a mathematical genius. Yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly. Compared to right, compared to the bad things on the list like blowing up an airliner in flight and slavery and a madman. Like how I don't yeah. know which like is the worst. Or somewhere at the bottom, but what right. where do you put kind of all these other things? Yeah. And and yeah. what does that mean? Like at the end of it. Like yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so I had to try and figure all that out because I wanted my boss to think I was amazing yeah. uh, through this assessment process. And, uh, and I found out, it took a while, but I found out that what's behind that assessment is a science called axiology. Okay. So, A-X-I-O-L-O-G-Y. And 
And the other thing I found out, being a nerdy, geeky person, a chemist and an IT person, yeah. I found out that this science isn't based in psychology or any kind of behavioral science. It's based in mathematics. Wow. That, now that's new. Hmm. Yes. So it blew me away. And then the results that it gave me talked to me about my thinking. And it told me that I basically struggled with self-esteem and some role awareness kind of stuff. And I thought, how did it know? Because I worked really hard to portray that, you know, I mean, I was 30 some years old, director of an IT consulting yeah, company. I mean, cool. I just kept moving up the ladder. Right. And, and so I was this portrayed, this confident, whatever kind of person. And yet it knew that and it, kind of blew me away. So I had to look into it. So I've spent the last 15 years studying and working in this field of uh, axiology, which few people know about. And so this is how people kind of, these assessments, I have other questions, but I have sure. people get into their thought process, right? So when you got your assessment, did you know those things about you that whenever you got like the results, did you know, or was it like new to you? That's a great question. So the, the thoughts, the, the things that it told me about like self-esteem and role awareness, I knew, yeah. but I thought I was covering up. Then yeah. the other thing that it told me was that I was good at nurturing others or something like that. And I was like, how can, that can't be true. Cause I don't even like people. <laughs> I'm, I'm afraid of them. I don't even want to. And I mean, those people do not interact with people. <laughs> I don't even want to talk to anybody. Why? How can I be good at nurturing others? You know, how can that be a, a cognitive asset of mine? So it was just like, whatever. And so again, you, uh, you come up with some, some disbelief around it. Right. But then you're mm -hmm. like, wait a minute, what if this really is true? What, what do I do with it now? Yeah. 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 No, that is, I think that's really interesting that you kind of discover things about you. So then once you had that information um, about yourself, then how do you use that to kind of get unstuck? Like, how do you use that? And then we'll talk about how you're helping others do that. But right. How so how, it? yeah. How did I use it? I, um, I researched and found a company that was using the assessment to help people grow yeah. um, based on utilize. And, and when you're in the field of neuroaxiology or axiology, um, we really focus on how your brain works, right? And then how your mind works, how you think and process thoughts. So I found a company that, um, that taught you how to use your strengths. Because I thought, okay, if I am good at nurturing or valuing other people, if I really am good at that, then these other thoughts about my self-esteem are keeping me and keeping keeping me from sharing that gift with the world. And so how can I learn how to better do that? So they had some exercises or some coaching things that they that they went through and it I mean it was obviously good. I started speaking in front of crowds and delivering messages about this stuff about 4 months after I had gone through the the program. Yeah. And, um, and then I just kept looking for better ways to take this science, this little known science and help people accelerate that even faster. And so I started yeah. another 
company with some some axiologists as well and really created an assessment tool that that dives into okay really what are you good at and we show you how you can shift your thinking almost instantly so that you can access your best thinking uh and so we put that technology together behind the assessment to get people to use it and get unstuck okay so after you did this assessment for this company you were like like an aha moment for you Mm-hmm. And it sounds like you've, after that, shortly after switched careers and kind of was so like kind of motivated by that, yeah. that now you wanted to kind of use that and create that to help others. Is that kind of what happened? Yeah, absolutely. Ever since I was young, like when I played basketball in eighth grade or something, right? Yeah. Whenever I would make a mistake on the court, I would cry. Like, and I yeah. didn't even know where it came from. I and now I wouldn't stop playing. I wouldn't throw a tantrum. I would yeah, like tears correct, would come correct. to my eyes, right? And so people, that's when people would say, so since eighth grade, all the way until like my early 30s, I had been looking for subconsciously and maybe consciously, yeah. how do you how do you change your attitude? How do you do that? Like I because needed to told, know how. We've all been told this for so many years to just do it. And we're right. like, okay, that's great. But we don't know how. Like, Yes. And so I thought maybe this is the answer to that question that I've been asking myself for 20 yeah, some okay. years, right? Maybe this is the answer. And, uh, and so that's what I, I mean, I just dove in. I read, I mean, volumes of books. I know as yeah. a doctor, you've probably read huge Textbooks and things like that as well, right? And I just dove in, and and it's hard to find. It was information that was kind of hard to find, and I just just kept looking for it because it. I saw just a tiny piece of how that could work, and then I just wanted to figure out how how to make it better for the mainstream kind of people, yeah. right? That just anybody wants to use it. So give us some, because honestly, before meeting you, I, and we talked about this, it, but it makes sense, but I didn't hear of it either. So you had coined it neuro and you mentioned it briefly, axiology. So can you just tell me and tell everyone, it, what is that? What is neuroaxiology? Yes. Right. So axiology is a mathematically based science of value and value judgments. And it was I'll give it brief history. It was started um, formal axiology. I mean, axiology, what makes people think has been around since Socrates and Aristotle and all those folks. But formal axiology was really, um, really come together by a guy by the name of Dr. Robert S. Hartman. And his Hartman isn't his real last name. He was actually born in Germany and Schirokauer, which is what the S stands for, is is his last name. But he was born there in early... 1900s. And he watched like Hitler come to power. He had a PhD in mathematics, a PhD in philosophy, and he had his JD, right? His law degree oh, as well. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's just back then. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And w- when he watched what happened in Germany, he yeah. made it his life mission to organize good the way he saw Hitler organize evil. Okay. And yeah. So- okay. That drove everything, right? And so he used math and philosophy in order to to do that. And so he put together uh, one of the assessment tools that I have, and actually the one that caused me to get into this. And and axiology is a mathematically based science. So the assessment tool itself is based in math. The neuro part of it has to do with, okay, how do you make that shift? 
So it measures your cognitive assets and it measures your cognitive biases. And that's not a bias in, in a bad way. I mean, I learned from a very young age not to talk to strangers. And when I was four, that thought process served me very well. I was never kidnapped or stolen from the grocery store, nothing like that. Right. Uh, and, but when I was 34 and the director of an IT consulting company, not talking to strangers is not a good brain (laughs) habit to have. Yeah. Right. So, um, so the neuro part is a lot about what's been talked about in some of your previous uh, shows as well, is that, um, how do you make the change? How do you create those new neural pathways and, and, and make that, that shift. And so we show you how to use your strength and, and we give you specific questions to ask yourself because that's really how our brain shifts gears. If I say to you, hey, look out your window and tell me what it looks like outside. Now you may actually, you may do it or you may be thinking, why are you telling me to do that? That's stupid. So then you're the one, you're the one asking the question. Yeah. Now if I would have said, hey, what's the weather like where you are today? Where did your mind just go? Yeah. So I automatically looked out and I'm like, oh, it's sunny right now. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Although it it was raining yesterday. So I'm like, what is the, it's sunny right now. (laughs) Exactly. So when you ask a question, you can, I mean, your mind loves to solve puzzles, answer questions, right? That's what we love to do. Our brain loves to do that. So it's an asking, and you didn't even have to answer by the way, but it was an asking the question and considering the answer in your brain that your brain shifted. Yeah. Okay. And so, so often we've been told, you know, you got to eat better. You got to do this. You got to do that. Right. Yeah. What if, what if you knew what question to ask yourself that was aligned with your best thinking that as soon as you asked that question, you were in a perspective that you were like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. This is what I'm going to do. Yeah. And that's what we do. So we measure that. And then we give you the question that pulls you into your best perspective. The same question isn't going to work for you as for me, because we both think differently. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. So, um, you guys have come up with this assessment and then this is how essentially you answer the question, right? How do you do or live the best version of yourself or do kind of the things that you want to do? Um, it's almost like, which I've been talking about in my podcast, you've got to look within and figure out who you are. And that's what this assessment does. And then when you do that, it helps you, like you said, ask yourself certain questions in order to be able to reach your full potential. I honestly have never heard of an assessment being able to do that. So this is another question. So everybody's heard of DISC, D-I-S-C. We've all took those assessments. So tell me how this assessment, Axiology, is different or similar or comparative to the ones that are more familiar, like like DISC. Right. Yeah, great question. Great question. So... You know, earlier I mentioned head, heart, and hands, right? Yes. So thinking, uh, your Feeling, values, motivations, yeah, do. right, and then and then that. So I, I do everything with a what I call a tear model. So T stands for thoughts, E stands for emotions, A stands for actions, and R stands for your results. So when yeah. we want different results, we take different actions, but we forget the other two pieces. Now DISC measures personality, it measures behaviors, it measures the the A. 
the actions that you take, okay. the, the, the way you like to communicate, the styles that you that you prefer. So it measures actions and behaviors. There's okay. a, another assessment you can take called uh, motivators or a values assessment that measures. Um, it's put, uh, Dr. Edward Spranger put it together, and it has to do with what motivates you, what like gets you excited and makes you want to go to work in the morning. And he he discovered six, but there are now seven. That, that, so there's been some more work done. Seven key motivators that get people inspired. And so okay. you don't have you don't have just one, but we can measure what is it that causes you to feel excited. Causes and that's you to like maybe excited. the E, maybe. And that's the ear. Yes. That's the heart, right? That's the heart of things. That's what touches your heart. And then the T is what we were just talking about in terms of the thoughts and the axiology. And so we, we take a three dimensional approach in order to help you get to the results, the R part that you want to get to. And rather than just taking a one dimensional approach, but yeah, disc Myers-Briggs strength finders, there's a lot of popular ones that just that measure the behavioral level of what you do, but don't get to the necessarily to the emotional or the thinking layers. Got it. Okay. Well, that's very interesting. That's helpful. And so, and I love the tier model that you do because I have that same kind of model and it's, you know, it's a little bit different, but for me, it always starts with the thoughts and then that triggers everything else, the behavior. I use behavioral and then habits for me at the end, right? Because everybody's trying to change their habits or whatever. And for me, it still starts with that T. And so this is an interesting method for helping people kind of um, almost like thought provoking on who they are. I'm, I'm more like, and you know, we've heard people who talk about meditation in different ways to try to get to their thoughts, but this, which is usually a co- more a cognitive behavioral, but this is mathematical. This is like almost like completely different than a lot of the methods that people are saying to kind of get to know yourself. So this is kind of very interesting approach. So how do you feel about some of these other things that people are saying versus doing an assessment? Do you feel like other methods can can kind of do the same thing or you you feel this may be more accurate because it's more mathematical but what are your thoughts on that in my ex- and I can only speak to my experience in my experience I tried those things to improve my attitude I okay. tried meditation I tried yoga I tried like whatever those happened to be to try to figure it out right to figure out like who I am and who I want to be and and taking that introspective search. Yeah, exactly. Right. And for me, the thought kept coming back to what I now know were cognitive biases, like my self-esteem, like, yeah, I know you want to do this stuff, but really who's going to listen to you? I mean, even public speaking, I used to think who would listen to you you as a public speaker? You've not climbed Mount Everest. You still have all your, you still have all your limbs. Like you haven't been through some, you haven't been stuck in a well for four days or whatever, whatever. you know, like I thought you had to be like someone super special. You weren't president or anything like that. So no one's going to want to listen. Right. But that was from my cognitive bias. Yeah. And so though that 
part that I used to listen to and I would hear it like when I meditated. And yes, you would try maybe a mantra or something. But then the second thought, like people used to always tell me this, Tracy, if you want to be a good public speaker and what do you think before you get on stage? And I used to think, well, I think I'm a loser. So like I'm a big loser. And, uh-huh. yeah. and so that's not a good thought. That, to take, kind right? of that and so a lot people, of people have that in different for you, it's yes. public speaking, but everybody, every, me, I even have it. Everybody has this like self-doubting and it's easy, right? A lot of people say, well, talk positive to yourself, listen to positive music. Yeah. But, and you're like, well, I've tried all that stuff. So I just kind of wanted to highlight that because everybody has this. So please continue. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so people, yeah, same thing. So people would say, Tracy, when you think you're a loser, just tell yourself you're a winner. And so, so what, what ends up happening is I, I go over here in one spot of my brain and I'm like, oh, shoot, oh, you're a loser. Who's going to want to listen to you today? Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Somebody told me, tell yourself you're a winner. And I'll be like, oh, you are a winner. And then my very next thought, Franchelle, was what kind of loser has to tell herself she's a winner? Right. And so you end up going back and forth and, and neuroscience tells you like, what thoughts that fire together, wire together, and thoughts that are wired together, fire together. And so here I was wiring loser and winner together. So I was always stuck in the meh land, like yeah. whatever, right? Yeah. And and that nothing was ever going to change. And um, And that's when you can tap into your cognitive assets, when you can really, I, I don't know, for whatever reason, I trusted some goofy assessment, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah, I was based in transfinite calculus and set theory whatever math. So, you know, I trusted it more than a psychological assessment. Um, and when I got the results back, they were like, Hey, whenever you're feeling down or you're putting yourself down, that's when you're listening to your self-esteem thoughts. Don't, don't listen to those. Just shift and ask yourself these questions and, and start focusing on other people. So truly when I started to get on stage, there could have been spinach in my teeth. My zipper could be done, whatever. Yeah. It didn't matter because what I was doing is I was looking at my audience and I was saying, hey, what do they need? What can I deliver? If they start dozing off or whatever, because usually it's a dinner meeting or something like yeah. that, I would crack a joke or do something, right? To, but I didn't consciously. It was just natural. Because that's what yeah. happens when we use our cognitive assets. They're just natural strengths of ours. Yeah. And so you just, you found out what your cognitive assets were based on this yeah. um, assessment. And then through training or coaching or whatever, you just shift it. Whenever you have these thoughts, you just shifted to kind of some of your strengths, right? Which is why, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, this assessment is unlike DISC, it's... um. To, specific to the person, right? So if I get up um, on stage and uh, believe it or not, like I talk all the time, but I don't like public speaking. Not a lot of people know that, but I talk all the time, you know what I'm saying? And I'm, I'm such a D on that scale. Like, mm, you know? but then when I get up, I'm like, um, you know, but this yeah. assessment would help me find strengths. Right. Um, and then it would, it might, you guys would coach me or who would just, Hey, shift to your strengths. Like when this is happening, these are your strengths. So shift to that. And because these are my strengths and not someone else's strengths, when I shift to that, those are going to come out and hopefully overpower some of the other kind of, you know, not so good thoughts that I'm having because it's specific to me. Like 
I can't give you my strengths and say, hey, when you're on stage, start thinking about this because that may not work for you. But this assessment helps identify the, the strengths to the individual. Is this kind of correct? Absolutely. It's not kind of correct. It's absolutely correct because that's what we tend to do. We tend to go to somebody who does what we want to do and then get advice from them on how they did it. Right. And so one of the things you notice I have not done is I have not shared any of the questions that I asked myself on this podcast because they might not work for you or your people in your audience. Yeah. and so I would be doing them a disservice by sharing a question because they may be asking a question that actually pulls them into a bias of theirs. Who would, yeah. I don't want that to happen. Right. And, 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 and disc and all the, the other assessments that we talked about behavioral assessments. If you think about it, they're not used for your self-development. Matter of fact, what they typically do is you give it to somebody else and say, look, this is how you need to talk to me. This is the bucket that I'm in. Yeah, correct. Correct. Exactly. It's just like an identification. Okay. This is how this person, almost like in a sport. Okay. You're a fast runner. You're a, you know what I'm saying? Or like, like my son, like he's a good point guard. So we've identified that. So the other team, whenever he has the ball, you know what I'm saying? It really tells what the other side should do or respond to this. It's an identifier. Exactly. Exactly. And for some people, it puts you in a bucket and you're like, well, I don't like that bucket. Yeah. And then, and then truly Myers and Briggs, the the two ladies who put Myers Briggs together and the people put this personality back in the fifties and sixties, it was kind of innate and you couldn't change it and you couldn't do any. And and that's neuroscience has totally blown that out of the water because of neuroplasticity and all this stuff. Yeah. And you can create new neural pathways in your brain. And if you don't want to be that way, you don't have to. However, mm-hmm. there are a lot of people that are, that use that as an excuse. Well, right. listen, I'm a high D in the disc profile. So that's just how I'm very direct. And so yeah. you just have to deal with my directness because this is the bucket that I'm in kind of thing. And that's, right. that's not the way we deal with people. Right. I mean, and besides, there are other times when you're not a high D, as you just pointed out. Yeah. Whenever you and and so you're not in that bucket. And yeah. yet that's where assessments have been for a long time. And I want to take it to that level where it's it's about you developing you, you becoming the person that you want to be, not just the human doing and the stuff that you want to do, but also the human being that you want to be. What are those attributes? that you aspire to in your life. Yeah. So we, we can help you use your best thinking to, to get there. And not a lot of people focus on being, most people focus on the, the doing. Yeah, aspect. no, right? I agree. And so that's another reason I wanted to bring you on the show because I never heard of it. And yet I'm always talking about thoughts, how, how important thoughts are, but when you can't manipulate them or you don't know what to do with them to kind of, move to the next stage, then kind of what's the point. And so I think it's great that you have this assessment. I actually took it and I I reviewed it myself. I have to go over it with you guys, but I thought it was really accurate. And so, but you're right. Now you have this information and you're like, okay, what can I do with this information? So these assessments, can they help people in all walks of life get unstuck? Like it almost seems like really broad. So in business, right. Or the corporate world, It seems like that would be kind of ideal, especially to kind of help people move forward or move around. But can people use it 
say if they want to lose weight or get rid of their diabetes or deal with depression and anxiety and mental health and you know what I'm saying? Can it be used in those aspects too? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because your thinking impacts everything as we started out the, the show yeah. talking about, right? And so I, I choose, I, I like the corporate space. I choose, I work with a lot of project managers as well as executive teams and some HR learning and development folks, because I my passion is about having people end each workday feeling fulfilled. Yeah. And the way that you do that is when your head, your heart, and your hands are all pointed in the same direction. Yeah. And not, you don't go to work, you know, and you just take you, send your hands to work and your heart, yeah. and your head, your mind and body are somewhere else. Right. You so, can tell people that are like that, by the way. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And so that that's kind of my passion, but yes, there are people who use this for, for weight loss and health issues, um, uh, for recovery, um, sobriety, yeah. things like, I mean, it can be used any because thoughts impact everything and being able to tap into your best thinking by, by knowing how to almost instantly shift to your cognitive asset or to your natural strength yeah. is really what this is all about. You have, you'll have the questions in front of you after you take the assessment. And so if you'll just train your brain to ask these questions you'll be able to shift your thinking and truly very quickly be able to get unstuck. Now it's like peeling back the layers of an, you'll get to one, you'll get unstuck and then you'll get stuck at a new level and then yeah. you'll be like, wait a minute. Right. And then the next yeah. level. Yeah. But at least you'll have the training in the background, right? Like I noticed even in my own journey um, to like change and be like more open about stuff and be more like, you, you have different things that you have to work on, but once you have the tools, it will help carry you kind of through each layer. I mean, life is, is a journey, you know, it's not going to be a one all done and, and now that's it. I mean, it's a constant thing. I mean, I think anyone who has any type of insight has learned this, right? So right. no, I think this has been very helpful. Thank you so much for the information. And so is this, assessment available for everybody or how does it how does it work how do people get access to this great question so what what i've done is i put together kind of a test drive for for the assessment and folks can can go to a website and we can link to it in the show notes it, it's it's simple it's my vqs they stand for value judgment quotients but myvqs.com/podcast and they can try out the assessment. They'll be asked to rank two sets of items where they'll put the best thing at the top and the most despicable or worst thing at the bottom of these two worksheets. And they'll get a short report back where they'll get one of their cognitive assets and two of their cognitive biases. Now from behind the report, I have 36 different measurements of the thinking of people, but you can't give people all 36 because they won't do anything with it. This assessment yeah. is about using it, not about, oh, I just need the information. If if you just want the information, go ahead, you can take it too. But if you want to make some changes, that's really what this report is about. And, and because of that, there's also a free little short course that has four 15-minute modules to it that show you how to use your report to make the, the shifts and changes. Just to, again, give it a little test drive as to how this is going to work in your life. Yeah, so no, I think that that's well. great. Thank you for yeah. the information. And thank you so much for being on the show today. And we'll definitely put that information on the show notes if you guys 
um, want to try it, I highly recommend it. I did it. I've taken the full assessment, actually. It's really accurate, and I look forward to getting um, with Tracy and figuring out what I can do to make my thoughts better. So thank you so much for being on the show today. My pleasure. Thank you so much for, for having me. Appreciate it.